the college basketball experience Villanova Wildcats 2022-23 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com/wynnbet to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN merch store. Use the promo code NFC beast for 15% off active until the Eagles or giants lose their next game. And let me tell you, they have some great campus edition, college basketball and college football t-shirts. So check that out and make sure to enter our world series prop contest. Winner gets $200 cash and a $200 gift card to the SGPN merch store. Enter today exclusively in the SGPN app, which is free to download. So grab that thing today. And let it ride. What's up, everybody? This is Cameron Krog from Loyola Chicago Ramblers, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Shout out to the Broad Stop. Thank you, guys. Episode. My name is Kobe Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink, and um, I don't have stress, and I'm healthy. Oh. <laughs> Well, talk about an interesting team. Oh, the Wildcats entering a new era. I'm excited to talk about it, but I'm excited to have this next guy on the show. You, if you've, if you've subscribed to the SGPN family, you would know because he hosts the NFL gambling podcast. He hosts the, uh, the MLB gambling podcast. He's one of the hosts on all of those. So, uh, and I'm very eager to have him on this show because he, he wrote college basketball for us last year. He knows the sport as well as any give it up for my guy, Dylan Rockford. How you doing, Dylan? Hey, I'm doing well. Kobe. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yes. I think it's first one uh, we've done together. Hopefully one of many. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think you're going to folks will be hearing him a lot on the college basketball experience uh, feed throughout the year or years, shall I say? Uh, And, and, and look, I mean, what a great way to, to start off because uh, we're, we have a, a, a blue, bl- uh, do you consider Villanova blue blood? That's always a great question. I feel like always a great question. I argue for it that it is because what kind of a program where technically it's not a regular blue blood, but they're always in the final four, always in the lead eight, but new leaf. Now Kyle Neptune, no more Jay, Wright. I am very eager to see what this wildcat team does this year. Yeah. And, and Neptune is an exciting hire. He was, you know, he's, he, I play, he played at Lehigh. Uh, and, and Jay Wright, I, I I just wonder. I know he just got a TV deal. <laughs> yeah. Look, shout out to him. He, I, I think a lot of the old school coaches we saw, whether it was Coach K or whether it was uh, Roy Williams or, or even Bob McKillop at Davidson, they see this transfer portal. They see this, uh, you know, the the NIL era, and I think they're just like, man, fuck this. Let me get <laughs> out of here. You know, yeah. I, I I mean, covering college football, I know I've talked to a few coaches that were like, man. I got to text my, my position coaches every, every week and have them text their players to make sure they're not leaving. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why Jay Wright said, let me go to TV and cash in a check, you know, but uh, uh, either way, either way, I think it's an interesting hire because we have a very small sample size. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll look at Kyle Neptune. Yes. He was familiar with the program. He was an assistant for 18 years with Jay Wright at Villanova. So and like Lehigh, if, if folks don't know, if you're just listening, you know Lehigh's not far away from Villanova. Um, so one year at Fordham, sixteen and sixteen, but it, that was like the best year at Fordham in like six years. So yeah, I, if you're a Villanova fan, are, what do you think? Do you wish you would have brought in a bigger, a sexier name, or or are you happy? Are you content with Kyle Neptune as your future? 
I'm actually very happy. I think he knows the program really well. And I think defensively, like Villanova had a very down year defensively last year in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They ranked 79th. That's not very ideal for a Jay Wright team. You got to imagine they're going to be better rebounding the ball. But with Kyle Neptune, like you said, he he's going to transform this team a little bit. Fordham was a bad program, but last year they ranked 41st in the country in points allowed on a per possession basis. You got to give credit where credit's due. He took a bad program and turned them into a, a, a decent team that played good defense. And I think there's some upside here with Kyle Neptune. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was texting my, my brother, NC Nick, who does a show with us uh, throughout the season last year saying, Hey man, Fordham's like a covering machine early on. I felt like they yeah. were at least uh, looking back at Nova's stats last year, though, 30 and eight overall 16 and four within the big East uh, in Jay Wright's final season, 20 and 16 and two ATS. So uh, even if you like to gamble on them, Hey, they were, they were making you a little bit of cash uh, ninth in adjusted offense, 23rd in adjusted defense, 57% at uh, shooting the three uh, offensive rebounding, 75th defensive rebounding 215th. Maybe you circle yeah. that one. Uh, and free throw percentage. I mean, if memory serves me correct, so I know they finished first in the nation, and I want to yeah. say last season that they mentioned that they were the best free free throw shooting team ever. If yeah, memory's- I think they were one of the top five teams in Division One history of where they finished. I think they finished around ninety three percent. Am I correct, or wh- where did th- you find that? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think that was right around there, and uh, and that that right there. You you ever wonder in the tournament? I mean, I've watched so many teams that you know AF had money on. You know, I, I can tell you, I think of New Mexico State in the second round last year that lost that missed so many big free throws in that in that uh, Arkansas matchup that I thought, man, you make your free throws, you win that game, you're in a position to win that game. That's what Villanova has been doing and under Jay Wright, and that's what's going to be very interesting. A, they don't they they always take good care of the rock. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and then great free throw shooting. They just don't hurt themselves, you know, no. like. And and I think that's one of the things that it'll be interesting to see if that can transition over to Kyle Neptune. Um, they were uh, surprise, surprise, three hundred forty seventh in pace. Yeah, I actually got got something on that. So Villanova is a super slow team, as anyone who watches college basketball knows. Out of the three hundred fifty eight D one teams, Villanova ranked three hundred forty four in total possessions per game. So. You know, they're going to they're going to make you play their game. They're not going to force the ball. They're not going to push the pace and they're going to make you play their game. They're going to they're going to rebound. They're going to play defense. And if you and if they drive and you foul them, they will make their free throw. So I I love it. I I just want to know if if they're going to continue this ATS dominant because they've been a covering machine since 2017, 18 season. Villanova is the fifth overall, uh, fifth most profitable team amongst all D1 schools, going 96, 69, and five. Teams just couldn't compete with Villanova. I want to, I want to know what do you think? Do you think that this will continue with Kyle Neptune? I think probably so. I feel like it's like a fine. He was there for so long. I feel like, you know, I would even, I wouldn't even be surprised if like, you know, Jay Wright got this thing in the cruise control and his assistants were handling most of the work, and now. He just fills those shoes and hires one of his own assistants and and uh, to, to to fill his void when he was there, or maybe maintain what that what what they had last year, and and boom, the the machine's going to be working again at the same level. I I kind of think if I had to bet, I would bet on that. Yeah, and, and you and you got to think Jay Wright's not going to leave in a in to the coach with a bad situation. He's going to put him in a good situation. He's been around the team for 10 plus years. He knows what it's like to win a championship. He was there with 2016, 2018 season. So I, I, I think he knew what he was doing. He, he left a group, you know, Colin Gillespie up there. He left Jer- Jeremiah Samuels. He left, but I think they got some, we'll, we'll get into it, but they didn't, they Villanova is not a team that will go in the transfer portal. They're going to get a bunch of guys that will stay four years and compete. And and I love that. Make call me old school. Yeah. Call me if I'm wrong. But if that if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll never be right. You know. No, no, they're one defying the odds. Or like yeah. to me, to me, uh, you know, covering college athletics, uh, the transfer portal is such a big factor. And 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 you know, much. It's almost rare. It's like one out of every probably. 
I can only think of like a handful of teams that really don't get football and basketball that do not really have transfers incoming or outgoing and Villanova's one of them. And they're one that has not taken a real step back. Like some of them, I do believe like maybe they should update their ways, but with Villanova, you just went to the final four. It's clearly working. Uh, and, and that's another thing. If you look at the teams that were in the final four, uh, they were all very experienced teams. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They did benefit like on one transfer, like Brady Manick at, at, uh, yeah. at, at uh, Carolina or Remy Martin at Kansas. But I get your point and I, and, and I am an old school guy too. So I, I do appreciate, I do appreciate uh, the mm-hmm. fact I, it's like watching Tony Bennett's teams. You know, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. it, man. The slow pace, the program like we are going to raise them within there's a wake force football coach calls it the incubator. I put my guys in the incubator and then they come out and boom in their third, your third and fourth years or nowadays in college with the, with the COVID year, fifth and yeah. sixth years, they can, uh, they, they can get, they can get their opportunity to finally shine. So looking at this team, I think one of the big things when we talk about what is lost that we should probably highlight first is Colin Gillespie was like the heart and soul of this team for a long time. Yeah. Uh, 16 points a game, four boards, 3.2 assist. And to me, anytime you needed a big bucket, I can remember, I think watching the Providence game and Providence obviously won the biggest regular season, but they were at, at Nova in a critical game. And uh, Providence went on like a 16 0 run to take the lead. And then boom, Gillespie, boom, Gillespie, boom, Gillespie. It's finding that guy is always a hard thing to do. And and losing Colin Gillespie, I don't believe more so than any t- maybe maybe more so maybe than any player in the nation. I think that the team might feel the effects of that early on. Obviously, Jermaine Samuels was was a beast as well, but uh, like replacing Gillespie, I think is probably going to be the the hardest thing to overcome this year. Even harder than I think the transition from Wright to Neptune. What do you think? What do you make of that? Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to replace. And, you know, we're Villanova. I keep saying we as like I'm a part of the team. I, I, I care so much that I think I am. But you know, I, I think Villanova, especially for the uh, point guard position, they're going to rely on a, on a redshirt for freshman Mark Armstrong. You got the guy, Angelo uh, Brazitti. I'm probably butchering his name, but he was a redshirt freshman last year. Um But I honestly think Jermaine Samuels was kind of the heart and soul of this team. Colin Gillespie was good, but you saw it when he, when he went down and we played Kansas in the final four, we couldn't get anything going offensively. We couldn't clean up the board defensively. We struggled to make stops. I think Jermaine Samuels it was probably the heart and soul of the team last uh, year. I mean, I think that's fair because he was such a tough guard. His yeah. skill set was unbelievably challenging. I think for for he was kind of like a jack of all trades. It, yeah. You know, when you when you look at that team from a season ago. Now, one of the things also we should highlight is Justin Moore tore his Achilles tendon uh, in, in 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 the NCAA tournament, and that is something I think anyone looking at this team must highlight because. I think he is their best returning player. I mean, yes, Caleb Daniels is good and and Brandon Slater and Dixon are all experienced, but Justin Moore was, and I thought he was playing great in the tournament too. Uh, He's a beast. Yeah. And, 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 but that's one of those injuries though, that I feel like even if you come back, so obviously I I know Neptune said they're not rushing him back. He'll be back when he's healthy, but the, the Achilles is a weird injury where I feel like it could, even if you come back, you might not have the same pep in your step. You know what are I mean? You not, are you not confident he's going to be the same old uh, Justin Moore that we're used to seeing? I think he could be, but I just think there might be a little rust. I think maybe oh, by absolutely. the, by the time you get to the big East tournament, you might see the real Justin Moore. But uh, if you're telling me, and and we don't know this, we're just, you know, spitballing here. If you tell me mm-hmm. he's back in January, I tend to think he might struggle in January. Yeah. I, from all the reports that I'm reading, they're trying to set a ease him back in towards conference play. And that begins uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, December 21st against St. John's at home. But I have a tough time imagining he would be ready to go late December. So even if they put him in after the January break at Georgetown, you think that's kind of an easy game. They didn't win a game all conference last year. That's hard to do. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I I think, I think that's good. I think if he's ready by big East tournament play, I think 
maybe we can be a dark horse, but I, I still worry about the chemistry because you got a lot of these young guys coming in and how, how are they going to, um, how are they going to play? And then when you plug in a guy like Justin Moore, you know, you need, you need time to develop these things with these players. Of course. Of course. I mean, that, if anything, that's been the strength. I feel like of Nova is their chemistry yeah. and, and here, let alone from a coaching point of view, but also from a roster standpoint, they might be battling their, uh, you know, so the, these guys probably haven't played that much together, especially yeah. when you consider uh, the lack of experience. Like like we alluded to, the transfer portal. There's no one coming, no, no. one going. It's it's this is this is a miracle. And it, it, as 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 a guy that just talked Georgetown a couple of days ago, when like nine players transferred into the Hoyas, I like uh, what they did. Yeah, I, like I do. I do too. To. I do too. And I think that's a game we will definitely talk about here. But but mm-hmm. uh, so Cam Whitmore, Mark Armstrong. And uh, Brendan Hassan, or Hausen, I think it is. I, I uh, say Hausen, but it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those three are coming in. I, yeah. I'm curious. I think Armstrong and Whitmore will be the the guys to get really serious burn. I don't know about Hausen, how much minutes he'll get. Obviously, the more injury will will impact all of this. But uh, I want to project the starting five without yeah. more without more. Uh, so for early in the season, but before I do that, I want to get us paid. I want to tell you that the college basketball experience Villanova wildcats, 2022 season preview, 2022, 23 season preview on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by win bet bet a hundred dollars at win bet and get a hundred dollar free bet. Head over to sports gambling slash win bet. That's sports gambling slash W Y N N B E T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by, Oh, well, us on YouTube. Yes. The college football experience, the college basketball experience are together as one on YouTube at the college experience. So youtube.com slash the college experience and uh, the sports gambling podcast. Yes. The thing that started it all for all of us uh, sports gambling podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autograph Lawrence Taylor Jersey, which since we're talking Nova fans, maybe there's a few giant fans there, but also you have the option of Lawrence Taylor or former uh, Philadelphia Eagles safety, Brian Dawkins, which I imagine most will want to go for that, but the contest is completely free to enter folks. Subscribe to youtube.com slash the uh, slash sports gambling podcast, comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. So you want to make sure you turn on your notifications so you don't miss uh, SGP contacting you. So check that out. That's absolutely fantastic. Who wants a new Jersey to rock um, signed? Come on. Not not signed by us, all right. I'm no. talking signed by the player, all right. If it's signed by us, you couldn't give that fucking thing away. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, look, you gotta check it out. Subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the College Basketball Experience on YouTube because once the season starts, that's another thing I want to key in on. A, we're gonna have multiple, you know, podcasts coming out daily for you. So check out. You gotta subscribe to the College Basketball Experience because we cover every single game. We will talk every game. We've been doing this for over five years, folks. Uh, and we're going to talk. It's not just, it's not just all. Yes, it is gambling related. We're going to give it our best locks because we love to, obviously we're part of the sports gambling podcast. We love to gamble, but we're also just college basketball junkies. We might talk about, Hey, the, the matchup we can't, we can't wait to see. Oh, I can't wait to see Justin Moore. He's back. How will posh Alexander do guarding him? We're going to talk about all kind of stuff like that. And we think we can really give you a great, uh, you know, unlock some doors. If you're trying to get into college basketball and show you the right way to watch college basketball. So check out the college basketball experience. And all right, we are back talking Villanova wildcats basketball and projecting the starting five without Justin Moore. That is, you know, it's kind of like pissing in the wind because even on Nova, a team where you don't have all these transfers, you know, I I sit there and I go, okay, we know Caleb Daniels is going to start. We yeah. know Brandon Slater's going to start at the forward spot. We know I, I I'm pretty sure Eric Dixon's going to start. Yeah. After that is where you have fun. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Oh, sorry to interrupt. Do you think they're going to go three guards? I could see that. I could really see that. I, I know. I know they're talking maybe Cam Whitmore at the forward spot because I know that he's highly touted. But when you look at some of the experience on this team, if it's not more, it's. Uh, and I always butcher his name, but his brother played for him. Ar- Arson Diacono or whatever. Oh, uh, Archon Diacono. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always butcher that. But his, you know, he's a he's a he's a senior now. You know, he got about ten minutes a game a season ago. But I would not be surprised if Kyle Neptune. You know, Villanova normally rewards the experienced players. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if he's found a way to to get in there. But 
I would also not be surprised if Kyle Neptune says, Hey, Mark Armstrong or Cam Whitmore, they're our most talented players uh, with, yeah. with Justin Moore out. So maybe we ride with them. What do you think? Small ball? I think they're going to go three guards. Uh, I think obviously you alluded to, I think uh, Brandon Slater, he's going to play the four. He's actually coming back for his fifth year. And he was an important piece for the Wildcats last year. He averaged 8.5 points a game. And I think it, he could provide some damage download on the boards. Like you alluded, we were like 200th in the country last year, uh, defensive rebounding. So his defensive game is solid. And I think he'll be a critical piece on the defensive side. Eric Dixon. I like this guy. I think he could be the anchor for the wildcats. Uh, he developed into the center last year. He averaged nine points, six boards, and he's actually a good three point shooter. He shot 48% from three. And I think if he takes that next step, he can be one of the best big men in the big East. Uh, now, now this is the tricky part. Obviously Caleb Daniels, another fifth year player, uh, senior, He's a talented player. He averaged 10.3 points off the bench last season, but I think he's going to have a more important role this season with the injuries. Like we said to Justin Moore, he'll hopefully build off. He shot 37% last year from three. Hopefully he gets it up to 40, but I think at point guard, they're going to start the freshman, uh, Mark Armstrong, New Jersey native, a little biased there, but he's a solid scorer. He, he's a ball distributor and he's worked on any, and he also works on the defensive side, which Villanova loves that. They love a guy that could play both sides of the ball. So I think he's going to play. And I like the uh, other guard, Jordan uh, Longingo. Long, yeah, Longingo, yeah. Yeah, brushing it. But I think he, he got hurt last year. But he's a talented shooter, especially from long range. He has a ton of talent. I think the upside is big. And he's only a sophomore, too. So I think he can be a key part of this defense, but that guy, An Angelo Brizzy, he's going to be another, um, he's going to be another rotating point guard. So I think they're going to go young just because Mark Armstrong is the best uh, guard that they have. I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch, especially before more, more comes back the yeah. ways that, that they get creative and use them as I, I know right now, our internet just, uh, just dropped in the background here. So I apologize if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, let's, let's hop into the schedule and talk a little uh, wildcat yeah. basketball here and try to project the out of conference schedule that first off the first two games as a guy that loves regionality, <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. When you get a couple little brothers having a chance to knock off big brother, sign me up all day. They open up with LaSalle and uh, that game's on, on uh, FS one on November 7th. And, and this is an interesting game because Fran Dumfries, the new head coach of LaSalle, and he is a legend on the high school ranks. He was a le you know, coached at temple for a long time. Uh, any chance the explorers pull off the mm. upset? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm very eager to see what the line comes out at because it's at, it's in Philly. They'll play at the Wells Fargo arena. Do they still play there? I haven't been to a Villanova game in years. No, no, no. I think they, they play at the uh, pavilion now. I mean, oh, okay. I, they might play a couple games at the Wells Fargo if, if, if memory serves me correct, yeah. but I think they get majority of them at the pavilion now. Yeah. At home. I, I think Villanova takes care of business. Uh, just the experience. They, they might be, uh, they might be a young team LaSalle, but honestly, I think the next game at temple could be a, it could be a hiccup. It could that, be a hiccup. Spot. Yeah. That's the one. And look, they're getting yeah. a little bit of hype folks, yeah, you know, Aaron, Aaron McKee. And, and I felt like it was almost like the Patrick Ewing situation. I felt like last year Temple underachieved a little bit for me. I know they had injuries, but I thought it's going to be interesting. Are they going to get rid of one of their, you know, Aaron McKee played at Temple uh back in the day. Um and I I they you're seeing the the long leash given with Georgetown and Ewing and you're seeing it at Temple with McKee and you know the team is pretty talented. They're getting some some preseason hype. So I do think this would be the one they could yeah. drop at temple <sighs> at temple. Yeah. That that's a scary game. It's a definitely stay away from me that game, because I could definitely see them on a Friday night, going to temple and losing that game. I could and too. honestly, then they could get right against Delaware state. No disrespect to Delaware state, but then you go on the road and you go up to East Lansing where, you know, Tom Izzo is going to have the boys prepared. So after that, then the Wildcats, they go out West. They part, they're participating in the Phil Knight invitation. So oh, they're oh. going to match up with Iowa state in the first round. And then it, if they win, they could play, play the number one team, North Carolina. And there's a shot that they could get Yukon. Yeah. 
That's that's strange because a lot of times yeah. they, these preseason tournaments you don't have the the conference foe on mm-hmm. the bracket. There is a shot that you could play UConn four times this year. All right, <laughs> that, that's crazy, and and I like how the Big East they play uh, the other teams into the conference twice. You're not a lot of do that, do they? Anymore? Not anymore. I mean, I think the Big Twelve and the and and the Big East are probably and yeah. maybe the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 still does too. But okay. but you're right. I mean, I, as a kid growing up, you know, I watched a ton of ACC and Big East basketball, and the mm-hmm. ACC used to have that. They don't now, and I actually think it hurts them. Yes, they still protect yeah. Carolina Duke and make sure that happens twice. But the fact we don't get a UVA Duke twice some years, you know, or a Carolina UVA or a you know Carolina Louisville twice, that hurts their. In my opinion, that hurts the league. You know, I lo- look, I love out of conference games and everything, but at the same time, like nothing like developing a rivalry over years. You know, like get, if if we knew every year that Louisville was going to have to go take on UNC twice, I think the rivalry gets a little bit better. Um, so, uh, and, and they're going to the, yeah, it's 20, 20 conference games in the big East this year, 20, that was not I the same it. last year. So no. let me ask you this. How do you think they do in the fill in invitational? I think, I think they're going to learn out quickly who they really are. To be honest, they're going to be tested by a, a lot of good teams in that division in that uh, tournament. I think they could lose to Iowa state in the first round. I they, think so too. <laughs> Iowa state is yeah. a very talented team, especially defensively. You're automatically you're gonna hit the under on that game. Yeah, <laughs> you got to. And, and folks, folks, just so you know, the Phil Knight Invitational. Let me let me rattle off these teams. Mm-hmm. Portland, which is this is played in Portland, so they they're giving some love to to the the, the mid major there. The Portland Pilots are in this thing. North Carolina's in this thing. Iowa State, Villanova, UConn, Oregon, Alabama, and Michigan State. So theoretically, they could get Michigan State twice. Yeah, and it, you got an Alabama team that will shoot shoot you out of the gym. Yeah, I mean, it, it. This is an awesome preseason tournament. Oh, I, I mean, can't wait. Yeah, this is going on right around. Uh, this is a mo- most of these games are happening on Thanksgiving, folks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I'll be honest, if I had to, but I t- think it also could be good for them. You know, if, yeah, if they get all the cobwebs out early, out of conference, and then when in in conference uh, play starts, you kind of know what you have going forward with. And I think Kyle Neptune's going to do a good job tweaking the starting lineup. You know, I don't think the first starting lineup he puts out against LaSalle is going to be the starting lineup that he puts up against Iowa state. I just yeah. don't think that. So they get three games in, in the, in the Phil, in the Phil Knight invitational. Do you think like the Vill- Villanova fans should expect to be two and one? Or do you think like, what would be obviously Optimistically, a, Yeah. What would be brutal would be what? Oh, and three. Oh, and three. Yeah. Not, not winning a game going all the way out West to not even win a game. It, you gotta, you gotta imagine Villanova wins one game. Like I think they're going to go one and two personally. You think they beat Iowa state? No, I think they probably beat mm. Portland. They probably get the rebound game, right? Portland's a hell of a cover too. Last year yeah. they were covering <laughs> machines. I think it's, pro- I mean, Iowa state, they could, I, I, cause Iowa state t- is a terrible. Sh- well, uh, they have a completely yeah. different team th- yeah. th- this year than last year, but last year they were a terrible shooting team, but a great defensive team. Um, Iowa state brings in a slew of transfers, a couple of Bonnie's transfers uh, coming in, coming into Ames. Uh, I'm going to say one and two, I'm going to say one and two in the Phil Knight invitational, which would then give us, I mean, the, how many losses would you have them after the Phil Knight in- invitational essentially like w- throughout the whole season, three losses. One, two. I'm I'm counting the losses right now. Three, four, uh, at least five, six. To be honest, on the whole, I, on the whole out of conference slate, or yeah. because they uh, we should tell the folks they do host Oklahoma and Porter Moser on December third. Yeah, and I, I think they lose that game. Yeah, that is a tricky game. I think he's gonna. I think they're gonna be a lot better this year. Last year was, you know, uh, it transition might be a revenge year. spot, or it might be a a get right spot. Especially if they do uh, poorly at, in that invitation, they might come home and and right the ship a little bit because then they have some some easier games. I would say against UPenn, Boston College is on a neutral site, and they're at St. Joe's, which they're all right. And I honestly think the the middle and the towards the end, like the last four games, you're at Xavier home against Creighton, which I think personally, I think Creighton could be a top 10 team this, this season, 
Then you're at Seton Hall, and then you finish at home against uh, UConn. The Big East—they're no joke. They got—I think the middle of the pack is very interesting. Those teams. Oh, I mean, yeah. Let's look at that. Let's okay. Let's let's say coming into well, actually, let's. What's the toughest three-game stretch in the Big East like sketch conference schedule? You think like where a they could stack their resume, b. It's gonna be like fans are gonna sit there and say, "I, honey, I can't miss these three games." Like you know, I, I these are like these are games that you know could decide us winning the Big East, seeding in the Big East tournament, seeding in the NCAA tournament. Is there a three game stretch that you think is just a fucking gauntlet that fans are sitting there saying, "Okay, I can't wait to watch these three, but I hope we can come out with a winning record." Um, is there one that just catches your eye? I think starting February 11th, that Saturday against Seton Hall, that stretch is insane to me. You're home against Seton Hall, home against Butler, who have improved. Uh, then you're at Providence, at Xavier, and then, like I said, then you're home against Creighton, Seton Hall. <laughs> it, 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 normally, Villanova has a tough schedule, but this is this is this is this is hard. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know and. We'll get into my power rankings a little later. That's why I don't have Villanova as high as I normally do. Their lack of depth, their their schedule is hard, and I just don't know the uncertainty of Justin Moore, how he's going to come back. Yeah, and and you know that is an interesting thing is is when he will come back because I do think my prediction probably rides on that. Yeah, if you're telling me he's healthy and playing good ball in January, well, hell, I can see them winning the Big East again. If he's playing his the 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 Justin Moore that we know, uh, but I I do agree also though that that stretch I see that stretch and and I'm high on Butler man Butler getting Thad Mata and all those transfers I think that's what that's another I thing that's interesting yeah and, and the floor is up in the big in in the Big East in my opinion mm-hmm. Shaka Smart comes into Marquette he had a great he overachieved last year we'll see if he can do it again this year because I do, do think you know he's up against it a little bit. Uh, we talked about Patrick Ewing bringing in this great uh, transfer class, Kevin Nickelberry coming in as assistant coach. Then, then uh, I think Butler is way better this year. And I think Sean Miller coming into Xavier. And I even think Shaheen Holloway coming into Seton hall. I think it pushes everything up a little bit. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm one that I, I, I kind of think Kyle Neptune's the perfect guy for the job. And I know everyone I is, so. everyone's talking Creighton. Everyone is talking Creighton. And rightfully Can you so. blame them though? Yeah, rightfully so. But I'll say this throughout my life, when Creighton's had the bullseye, now granted, they were in the Missouri Valley for a long time. <laughs> but they, they've been a good program. But whenever they have the bullseye on them, I feel like they ne- they don't live up to it as much. There'll still be a good team and a tournament team. But I kind of trust Villanova, even with Kyle Neptune and even yeah. with Justin Moore's injury, more than I do, more than I do Creighton. Now, Yukon is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, so I guess l- l- actually, hold on. Let me, let me read one ad and then we're going to project where yeah. we think, where we think we have Nova dropping in the big East, where we think we have them going as far as, you know, the big dance. And, uh, and I know you have them, you have a, uh, a ranking system yourself that you would like sure. to, to talk about. So, um, but let me tell you that the college basketball experience Villanova Wildcats 2022-23 season previews brought to you by No House Advantage. Yes. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. You can play in pick 'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning 250k in cash. Whew. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for corrected picks and climb up that leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times the amount of money you enter. If you hit all your picks, you can bet on up to five different player prop over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league. That includes the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, even NASCAR. All right. Uh, sign up now with the promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app in the app store to get a first deposit match up to $25. And also make sure you check out no house advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but where you play, you don't want to miss out on this. All right. Now look, let, I am very intrigued. I am very, you're, this is the first time on the show. And I, I know you've wrote some great stuff for us, but talk to me about this ranking system. 
Yeah, so I just go based on what I saw last year, a little eye test, plug in the numbers, ATS, how they did on the road, how they did at home, who they brought in, who they lost, additions, just like that. And I just go and I, I rank the teams and see see what I like, and I put it in my system, and they plug them out. So it, I'll, I'll, rattle, I'll start it off with 11, and it's not Georgetown, thankfully. It's going to be DePaul. I think they improved a little bit, but... They, they play they play decent defense. They're just a little too inconsistent for my liking. So I don't think they're going to be a terrible team. And I, I just think that highly of the Big E. So L- I got L- the, yeah. losing David Jones to St. John's was brutal because you lose brutal. it within within your own conference. Yeah, I'm sorry. Continue yeah. though. Continue. No, no, yeah. you're good. Uh, Ten, I do have Georgetown. You can't get worse than last year. Not winning a game in conference play. Uh, Kadadius, uh how do you pronounce his last name? What a what a uh, Wahab 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 yeah yeah, yeah. B- uh, h- getting him back really helps this team Ryan uh Watabano another guy he has <laughs> yeah. a lot of upside as well he got baby got baby last year that's Matumbo's uh younger brother right or someone yeah. uh, we have Matumbo's younger brother is on that roster and yeah. and and definitely we want to uh, send out uh, best wishes to Dikembe Mutombo. I heard he had you know uh, oh absolutely I, th- I think he's got uh, a tumor I believe in, in him right now so. Uh, speedy recovery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, but yeah. Um, can, can, so, so Georgetown 10th, I'm assuming Marquette at ninth, but talk to me. Yeah. Marquette, Marquette at nine. I think they wouldn't make, I thought they would have been more aggressive in the transfer portal. I thought, but they're going to struggle down low. It's, I think it's going to be a tough year for Marquette. So I have them at nine. I think they were trying to be aggressive in the portal, but I, they didn't, they were, I don't think they were expecting Justin Lewis to leave. And then when he no. left, they were trying, I, I think, to get the kid from Boise State that ended up at Western Kentucky, but uh, it didn't work out. So, um, anyway, continue. Yeah, eight St. John's. I think the biggest question with this team is what we're going to get from Carbello and Posh Alexander. My, my my biggest question is, can they coexist? Carbello, he's a turnover machine, and with Posh, he's very ball dominant. Not much of a three point shooter. And I, I'm very curious to see if these other guys around them could get theirs and yep. coexist. This I mean, team won't be shooting threes. I've never been too high on them. And I don't know if Car, uh, Carbello and Alexander will be a good fit. So that's why I got them kind of high at eight. They're very intriguing. And I've always thought their problem the past couple of years was they have a lot of the same pieces, like a lot, like even Montez Mathis is on that roster you look and say, well, where, where does he fit in there? They have a lot of guys like that. So yeah. I get, I get your point. Sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Seven. I got Butler. I think this could be an NCAA tournament team bringing in Chuck Harris, who can shoot the ball. They added depth on defense. And we talked about it, bringing in a coach like that Mata from Ohio state, who honestly did everything, but lose there. Uh, he's going to be, I think he's going to get this team to the next level. This team's going to shoot threes. They play at a slow pace, that Mata kind of game. Uh, and I think they, they should be improved defensively. So I, I got Butler at seven. Dude, they're my sleeper team. I think really, I think I could have them as high as, I mean, not to win the whole thing, but I'm saying I, th- I wouldn't be shocked if they finished fourth. I think it's going to be very be close between fourth and eighth, maybe mm-hmm. even third and eighth. And I really, I just like those pieces If Manny Bates stays healthy. He's really good from NC state. Yeah. Uh, and, and Thad Mata, I think is, I thought he never should have got fired at Ohio state. So no, me, yeah. that wasn't a travesty. Whoever fired him should be fired <laughs> so, uh, at six. I got Seton hall, Kadari Richmond. He does it all for this team. So it will be interesting to see how he plays with the new guys they brought in, but going to be a very slow pace. Just like last year, played a lot of games toward the under out of their 31 games, Seton hall last year, 21 of them went under the total. So this team will play hard on defense because Holloway, that's how we got St. Peter's all the way to uh, the yep. elite eight last year. So I think they could be a top 25 team toward the end of the year, but I still think they are a few way, a uh, few years behind the top teams in the Big E. So I got Seton hall at six at five. I got Providence. I was very impressed with uh, this team, what they did in the transfer portal. One guy I really like uh, Br- Bryce Hopkins, former top 75 recruit. He just couldn't really get burned at Kentucky. He's six, six. He can really shoot the three. He plays defense. I think it was a good find. I think that he does a little bit of everything, especially guarding uh, the three Providence does really good guarding the three. They were in the top 20 last season guarding the three. So 
I think they'll do a better job cleaning up the glass. I think they have great size and I think they'll be able to guard the three again. I think this, this Providence team could play anybody really tough. I like them. I look, I love Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley's a fantastic coach, but how can you hate him? Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, this is the thing that concerns me about Providence and and I might be wrong, but obviously Cooley's built a great home environment at the dunk mm-hmm. there, but they won a, a ton of close games last year. And yeah. to me, your margin of error, obviously with replacing a lot of those guys, can you find the right guys and, and be able to win those close games? Because I, I don't, I have the, the stats off the top of my head right here, but I remember, I, I want to say they were like something unbelievable, like 13 and two or something in games decided by five points or less. And that, that always concerns me much like it, it, it when we covered on college football, it always concerns me if, if you lose key pieces, can you duplicate that same success? Because normally, like we talked about with Villanova, a veteran team yeah. normally finds a way to win those close games. But yes, I, I still have them in that vicinity. Continue on. And real quick before I continue, it reminded me of when I was listening to the West Virginia one. They were another team that lost a lot of close games too. So I agree. I think they're, they're going to have to be able to write the shift and make some adjustments. But uh, continuing here at four, the biggest question mark for this team, I got Xavier at four, is uh, Zach Friedmantle. He grew up about 10 minutes away from me, but a looming suspension for him. They brought back a lot of the same pieces from last year. And for what it's worth, I do like Sean Miller. We we don't know if he's going to coach the whole season. I think maybe he gets eight, 10 games. Could be more, could be less. No future tickets for Xavier for me. I I, I can't do it without, with all these suspensions looming, I, I, I can't do it. I think they're a very versatile team but I think they still could improve. I, I like Xavier, but I think it's going to take some time. So I got them at four. What do you think of Sean Miller there? I mean, I, I thought it was a home run. I thought it makes a yeah. lot of sense. You know, he almost, I know they were talk. He was in Columbia, South Carolina, having, having a dinner with uh, their, their athletic director, but I thought he made the smarter decision at the time, you know, and I think that's a veteran team. I like what he's done in the portal, but yes, obviously you don't want to get too content with them, even though no. I'm like you, I think, I think if the suspension's light and I think you know, walking into what he walks into, I think they can, I think they could be one of the upper teams yeah. in the big East. And I, it wouldn't shock me if they even went a little further. Yeah. It, it just, it, you know, they have a great home court environment too. A hundred percent. And three, you'll be surprised, but I have Nova here at three. I, I think the injury with Justin Moore is just something we need to know, you know, because we all saw how he, he played with, when this team's healthy, they got him all the way down to the final four but they just couldn't get anything going offensively. Defensively, he helped too. They just couldn't get stops. We'll see how the depth affects too, affects them too because towards the back half of the last year, Villanova was only playing like six guys. So yeah, yeah. Cam Whitmore, he might be one of the program's biggest recruits. Hopefully he can live up to it, but he's a 6'6", kind of Mr. Do-it-all type of player. He could shoot the three, pass it, create turnovers, play defense. And I like what I saw from Eric Dixon last year. Maybe he could take that next step. I think that the biggest loss, like I said, besides Jay Wright was Jeremiah Samuels. I, I kind of felt like he was the heart and soul of this team. I think Caleb Daniels, he needs to take over kind of a leadership role, play well. And that's the reason I have no bad three, just because of the uncertainty with Justin Moore, the lack of depth. And now Jay Wright is gone. I think Kyle Neptune, he's going to do a good job. He had Fordham as a top 45 defensive team and Fordham is horrible. So yeah, yeah. could be better uh, later in the season, but as of right now, my third team—they're the third team in the Big East for me. Uh so so who do you have winning it? So two is UConn. They brought it back a lot of players last year, and I think they—they they were kind of active. They, this team has a bunch of depth, though. That's not one thing I worry about. UConn—they're—they're they're very well coached, and they have one of the best backcourts in the country. So I got them at two and call me public, but I do have Creighton as one of the best teams, not just in the Big East, in the country. I think they could be a top 10 team there. They play at a very competitive conference, and I think they'll be better at shooting the three. They were bottom 50 last year in terms of three-point shooting, 30.8 collectively. They bring back literally everyone from last year. I don't think they'll play as fast as uh, as last season. Usually, we see a lot of shooting from them. I think we'll see more moderate pace from this team. I think they'll be good down low, better everywhere than most teams. I, I think they're the best team in the Big East, and the odds indicated they're sitting as the favorite to win the Big East. So I, I got Crane at one. Yeah, and they have that that advantage of the strange road trip that's just way out there. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I know I know that's been talked about with Ed Cooley saying, "Where the hell is Creighton?" Uh, uh, 
you know, so let's let's break this down because right now I see odds out there that Villanova. Yeah. I, I I see plus two forty to win the the Big East. So they the, so the book I'm looking at has them in second place. Uh, is it a crazy wager or you know what if Justin Moore does come back and and he just doesn't miss a beat? Do you think? I, would you advise Villanova fans to say maybe sprinkle a little bit of that two forty? I think it's a wait and see because I think during the season, I think we're going to see a few hiccups and I think you'll be able to get a better price with Villanova. I don't think they should be favored uh, better than UConn. I think UConn has a better, more experienced backcourt. I think Villanova is going to have a tough time guarding their backcourt. I think uh, an actual wager that I do like is UConn to win the Big East at plus 480 I see. Uh, I, I think UConn is a very sleepy, a sleeper team in the Big East. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, that would be a critical year. I mean, I, I don't want to say Hurley's on the hot seat. I'm just saying, no, they, they, they've been it. disappointing first round exits the past couple of years. But yeah, uh, the book I'm looking at has them with the same odds as Xavier. So something to keep in mind. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. maybe more people are higher on on Sean Miller than than we realize. Uh, and the Musketeers. Um, all right, well, folks. Uh, I I so I have them. Yeah, I want to know where you have Villanova in your rankings. I'll be honest, uh, covering the other teams, I was sitting there saying, and I had heard uh, there was a chance that he could be, you know, by by Christmas, and I was like, I think I was thinking it was an ACL and not Achilles. Achilles scares me a little bit yeah. more, um, and so I was saying Nova at at one with with it being an ACL, mm-hmm. with it being Achilles, I I. I'm a little more nervous now to take them, but I'll tell you this. I do have Creighton third. I think, I think the target wow. on their back, look, I know at home that they, 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 they're really good at home, you know, but I do think those trips, I just think the floor is higher. So I think the opportunities yeah. to lose now that that's, that's for everybody, but I went, so I'll go, I'm going to go Yukon then at the one spot right now based on that. But I, I I'll say this, if more comes back, and he plays at the level that he was playing at. I'll go Nova at one, but that that remains to be seen. So that's a kind yeah. of a mystery. So I, until then, I'll go UConn one. I got Nova two. I got Creighton three, and at four, I go uh, Xavier five. Mm-hmm. Butler right there, mm-hmm. kind of right neck and neck. Then after that, I go. Uh, what was my six? My six was Seton Hall, right. Mm-hmm. And I, I really struggled with Seton Hall, St. John's, and Providence. I really struggled finding the the the, the pecking order of those three. I do think they'll all be the, in that range right there. Um, and I, here's another thing: I had Georgetown ahead of Marquette. I think Georgetown's going to be oh, better wow. than Marquette this year. Yeah, I, I think so. They got to be better. All, all everything, everybody they brought in, and you know, I I, I kind of like. Um, I like the coach and how he, you know, he admitted, Hey, I got to do things differently. I got to bring in people that are going to help me win. his style of basketball wasn't winning over there. And he admitted to it and he brought in guys that are going to help him. And, and, I, and I think that's going to uh, speak volumes to how Georgetown. And I think they're going to be very competitive at home too. Yeah. Um, I, they need to get off to a hot start though. I'll say that momentum is a thing here because I will absolutely. say if they, if they start out slow, I can see them pulling the plug on Ewing. I, he's not, the, the seat is that hot. And Nickelberry, they brought in, is an accomplished assistant coach that actually is, you know, has some experience being a head coach. So interesting to watch that shake out. But I, my thing is, Shaka Smart lost. I know that home court environment's good in Milwaukee, but they lost some key pieces. And they didn't, you're right, they, they did strike out in the transfer portal. They didn't bring in a lot. So I kind of think Marquette, even though I'll be honest, I looked like a fool last year on Marquette. I thought they were one of the worst teams coming into the season. I thought. Shorted DePaul. I thought they were going to be in second to last place. Not the case. Shaka Smart coached them up, got them into the tournament. Yeah. Unfortunately, they drew North Carolina in the first round, and they might have won a game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of see eye to eye with everything though, and it wouldn't shock me if, if I'm wrong about Creighton because I do look at them and see. I think Creighton is the most talented team. When you break that down, yeah. I am just banking it on the fact that traditionally, for me, I feel like McDermott teams when they do have the target, they don't play as good as when they don't. Uh, so. I'm banking on that. And I also think when you, when you are Villanova, when you are Yukon, you see Creighton getting all the hype. I think it gives you a little bit of a, a competitive edge saying, Hey oh, man, yeah. everyone, everyone's taking this team. What about us? You know? So that, that's my logic there. Either way, I cannot wait for Big East basketball. I cannot wait for the season, the tip. And remember, like I said, folks, you're going to be hearing a lot 
a lot of uh, you know, every night we'll be here and it's going to be multiple shows. So check out the college basketball experience. Make sure, make sure you get on over to uh, to Twitter and give uh, Dylan Rockford a follow at rock. That's R O C K K again, uh, then 24. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it now, obviously the guy's extremely knowledgeable when it comes to college hoops and you're going to be hearing a lot of them. And like, like we said earlier, he wrote a lot of great articles last season, talking college uh, basketball. So get the SGPN app, but yeah, you're going to hear him a lot on, on the college basketball experience platform and the sports gambling podcast net, network platform. As I mean, if you follow the MLB or NFL, you already, you're, he's not a stranger. Uh, so folks also check out us on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And remember, subscribe on YouTube because you can watch this. And uh, I'm on Twitter at the Colby D. Give me a follow as well. And check out the Sports Gambling Podcast. I mean, they, they're the thing that started it all. They cover all these sports. Uh, so check them out. And then obviously the MLB Gambling Podcast. Hey, the World Series is right around the corner. Oh, it's who like, do you got? It's is it? I I work with Sean here in the I office, know. so he forces Philadelphia stuff in my face. Nonstop. So for that reason alone, and this is a Villanova preview. I'm not an idiot. Give me, give me the Phillies. Let's go. <laughs> As a New Yorker, and you know, it's the we, we hate Philly fans. They're very obnoxious, just like New York fans, though. But uh, yeah, how, how can you, how can you yeah. not bet the Phillies right now? They're the hottest team. Bryce Harper, he's finally into his fold. He's worth all the money that they they're paying him, and. Think they could hit with the Astros, to be honest. And how do you like? Uh, how does anyone feel good about betting on the Astros? You know what I mean? They're like, cheaters. Yeah, I hate. I hate the fact they're even in the series. All right. Don't 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 tell Moon <laughs> off that though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but subscribe to the MLB Gambling Podcast because they do great work over there. And check out all the other platforms we got going: NBA Gambling Podcast, NFL Gambling Podcast, NHL. Those guys do a great job. Even the CFL, the Road to the Grey Cup. Check out the CFL Gambling Podcast. All right, uh, and folks, get the SGPN app. It's free in the App Store and Google Play Store. And also, come talk college hoops with us. Maybe you think I'm an idiot. How can I talk bad about Creighton? Hop in the Discord. Call me an idiot. It'll be okay. Right? Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Check it out, folks. And yeah, what? I feel like November seventh is creeping up. It's getting closer and closer and closer. It's right around the corner, folks. All right, this is the Villanova Wildcats 2022-23 season preview. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. <laughs>